We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. KC Laboratory. Sponsored by Emprise Bank. It's the KC Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank. Tell me, when was the last time that you went into a bank physically? It is more important who you are working with than where the bank is located. Your money's good anywhere with Emprise, including Las Vegas, where I am right now with my dear pals. First, find them on Twitter at Maddie underscore KCSN. Thank you for screwing. This is going to be a thing for a while. Maddie Lane, what's good? Well, first of all, I've, I enjoy being here with you guys in person. This is a lot more fun. I can Now I can interrupt Kent when he tries to cut me off. This is going to be easy to go, guys, you know, sit back, relax. We got like an hour and a half show ready. <laughs> Kent cannot end this early on me now. I I'm just going to walk off. I can just turn his mic away from him. So we're good there. Um, two, yeah, you know, rough day last night, but mm. we're here We're here in Las Vegas. So we kind of got to turn the page a little bit because we're here doing Shrine Bowl stuff. You know, Eric Galco has been nice enough to have us out here and be super, super nice to us. So we've got to turn the page a little bit with that, but we're here. We got to put a little closure on the season for everybody else. Right, Greg? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. This is great. This is an awesome experience. And they're putting us up in really nice places to get to talk to a whole bunch of guys, some local kids, some guys that are big chiefs fans. You'll hear more about that as the process develops, but yeah, we, we do need to make this transition. We do need to kind of turn the page from last night a little bit. I'm sure we'll talk about the game a do little we bit. Have to? I, we, we do. We do. I'm we sure we'll to. talk about the game a little bit, but kind of the first steps forward going from this in the off season. Now. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's a lot of things we got to cover and boy, we got, we got up this morning yeah. and we went to breakfast and I there's think a loose, we got up this morning. You got up early. <laughs> I showed up 20 minutes late <laughs> for breakfast. I mean, we're getting up early. Like our bodies are still on KC time. So like these guys, and I, I'm even getting up at seven without any problem. Like, so, like, you know, it's, 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 it's nice, but um, it, the, the postmortem, I think that we kind of all experienced kind of talking through some stuff as, uh, you know, as we kind of started to realize the gravity of what just happened and, and I mean, the frustration too, of, of what we all just experienced. So, um, I, you know, I don't, I don't really know where to go. Like, I, I think we can probably start with just 
the pain of that second half. And I, Craig, I know you, you looked at some statistics there. You kind of looked through some of the, like, I think that might be a good place to just kind of yeah. start. Yeah. Let's start with it. I, the Chiefs ran the ball. Well, I mean, we all agree that the Chiefs ran the ball. Well, they ran a lot of gap stuff. They ran a lot of the zone insert stuff that Maddie talked about the week before. There was a lot of positives that came from the Chiefs run game. They only ran the ball nine times in the second half while they were protecting a lead. That was less than 25%. It was 24% of the offensive snaps. Not great. Not great, especially when you're protecting a lead and it's as dominant as it is. It, it, they were running the ball for 6.4 yards per carry in the second half. And that's McColl into rounds, that's Jet McKinnon, that's, that's everything, not including scrambles. So that's just cold run plays there. Hey Craig, what? how many yards per play on their drop back passes? On their drop back passes. So that's 76% of the rest of the snaps. They're, 1.12 yards per play. 1.12. I know that passing the ball is more efficient than running. I'm not trying to start that argument. Not then. But you've got to, you've got to lean on what's working. And what was working was running the ball. You went out. You got this offensive line to really beef up and be able to win on the line of scrimmage. Control things. And you had the Cincinnati Bengals who, Maddie, how often were they dropping eight men into coverage? So in the second half alone, second half in overtime, the Cincinnati Bengals dropped eight guys into coverage on 45% of their defensive snaps. So that means there's only three guys on the line of scrimmage. Three guys. And you got guys moving away, dropping into coverage. Like, it's prime time to sit up and run the ball. Yeah. It's prime time to pound the rock and get it done. They didn't run the ball once in overtime. And that's where no, that, that, this is the one. That's the thing. So, like, we, we have this conversation. We're talking through all this stuff. I get the, I, that's like I, that's what I woke up to this morning was these statistics, and it just like <laughs> Craig and I had a morning. Okay, yeah, <laughs> you guys did have you guys had, you guys had a lot, but um, yeah, I just I the thing that really like you think about sure like there's a lot you know I take not taking the ball out of Patrick Levon Mahomes no, hands. Want him to have the ball. Ninety nine percent of the time, mm -hmm. good things are going to happen when Mahomes has the ball in his hands. Evidenced by the first thirty minutes of that football game, uh, first twenty nine minutes and fifty seconds of that football <laughs> <Yeah>. game. <laughs> but the fact that the Chiefs didn't run the ball in overtime at all, and the fact that instead of instead of running the football, they elected to target Demarcus Robinson twice. twice. To start that drive, he was open. Is disgusting. <laughs> it's the second one, he was not open. Okay, the first one. It was, was disgusting, and I don't know. Like, I mean, especially you saw the struggle, but like the, the entirety of the half was a struggle bus. You you saw the uncharacteristic things. You saw, you know, the things that you accept when Mahomes goes out and scrambles the way he does. I mean, you know, he was going out and he was doing some things, and he made a couple of decisions that you, you probably wants back when it comes to some of the scrambling stuff, you know, not getting to the edge against Sam Hubbard, the, whatever the third down play was. Which uh, one? At the end of regulation, <laughs> you know, oh. it, but uh, it just, I don't know. I, I, I no, no, they should have taken back. the ball out of his hands a little bit. Yeah, that's what it is. I want to go back to the run games. I think, yeah, saying the Chiefs are running the ball successfully in the first half, it, it's true, but I don't think that does it justice for what they were doing. Yeah. They were running GT counter nonstop against a soft too high shell. And they were absolutely running all over the Bengals. Seven, I, eight yards a clip. Just, I tweeted yeah. out if they, if the Bengals don't change something, the chiefs are literally going to run them into the oblivion because there's just, there was no option. You can't defend that run with a light box 
and then guys playing soft. So it was just clear as day that the Chiefs were going to keep just running the ball down the field. They go into halftime. Like, we'll get to the, you know, the debacle at the end of the first half later. They go into halftime. They now come out with a lead. They come out with the lead. And you know what the Bengals' change was? We're going to play an even less good run defense, mm-hmm. but somehow the Chiefs are going to decide to run the ball less. Now, you want to say coming out of half, the Bengals did some stuff where they started playing a little bit more single high. So you have a safety that's maybe inserting in the box. So you say, okay, maybe that got the Chiefs a few times. Maybe that first drive after half. Maybe even the second drive after half, you're like, hey, we can't run the ball because it's a bigger, it's a thicker box. It's more guys in the box. But guess what? Third drive, the third series in the second half, first run, seven yards, eight yards of Jarek McKinnon. Mm-hmm. Very next play, what do the Chiefs do? That's where you get the pick from Patrick Mahomes throwing the ball to BJ Hill. And like they just they didn't get the run game going again. And the Bengals were begging them to do it. And I don't understand the move away. More so than the move away, a lot of the runs in the second half were clouded to Delaire. And I don't think he was running bad, but Jarek McKinnon was running all over them. I just don't understand the coaching thought process that went into whatever we saw in the second half. The coaching was abysmal. The more stats, I was fine emotionally with the loss last night when I woke up. The loss, it, it wasn't fun. I don't like it, but I was okay with it. The more I've looked at the game, the stats, the way it went out, I have gotten more and more pissed off about how the coaching did. The coaching yeah. was handled yeah. absolutely horribly. Oh, I mean, that's we got to go into it then. Go. Bo- the end of both halves. Yeah. The, the situational football. The end of the first half, I get it. Trying to get the touchdown, trying to kill it off. Totally understand. Patrick Mahomes has to throw that ball in the dirt. Like, you got to see that it's not developing. You've got to give yourself a chance to put some points if he on had, the board. If, if he had done that in the dirt, it would have been a fumble, by the way, because that was a lateral. Oh, that's true. I mean, I'm that's not, I'm not, I'm not, not this isn't me. Bla- no, I'm just saying, like, yeah. everything about that play was off. Right. Uh, the situational, like, sorry. Throw it out of the back of the end zone. Yeah. Whatever the case may be. Tyreek Hill opened backwards, too. I thought that Mahomes should have maybe let him up the field a little bit like he did McColl in the touchdown, but I was like, wait, no, I watched it back. Tyreek opens backwards. So, like, mm-hmm. there's no chance to even throw him forward there. Like, that play was absolutely awful. It was a terrible, like, I don't understand why you were making the active choice when a situation where you don't have a timeout, I guess Mahomes didn't know that. Oh, uh, that's, yeah. Where you don't have a timeout, you're, you're, you're running an RPO. You're running an RPO short of the sticks short of the goal line i mean you are you are creating a lot of variables for that play to fail yeah and it did yeah and it's this because is, they thought they had a timeout i fully believe it's because the they entire team they had, i well i mean think i just about the it. coaching staff the coaching staff calling that play just, calling that and calling something that develops in that way yeah you would think that they all believe and maybe <sighs> Maybe because of the challenge and the way that the timeout was okay. handled with the challenge, maybe there was a mix-up. Maybe there to, wasn't clear communication. Maybe there wasn't clear maybe. communication between staff sure. and sure. you know Andy and staff. Correct. Because Correct. of the procedural issue, whatever happened with mm-hmm. that challenge. Okay. Which, on the challenge, that shouldn't have happened, I mean, but whatever. Uh, and, let's and buy it. Let's, let's buy it. Let's say let's that happens. It. It's, not, it's not acceptable, but let's say that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now you move on. Now, the end of the game, The Greg. end of the game. <laughs> the end of the game. You... You got a minute 40 left in the game. You are on the five-yard line with a run game that has been dominant even on that drive. That singular drive, they had been dominant. They had rattled off a bunch of plays there. And what happens? I understand that you're trying to bleed the clock. You don't want to give the ball back to Joe Burrow with too much time left on the clock, even though the defense had played pretty well they had they one touchdown drive we were talking about yeah. like in retrospect like we were talking about the game the you know 
the farther we get away from the game, because in the moment, I did not want to give the ball to Joe Burrow. Sure. I didn't want to give it to him. Um, I wanted to, to, you know, to, to have that, that game down to 40 seconds and the Chiefs score a touchdown. Yeah. I, thinking back, they had one true, they had, the Bengals had one true touchdown drive. Correct. That was it. Correct. It was, it was the one that, it was the one to, to go, to, to make it a 21-10 score mm-hmm. late in the second half. And even then, it was a screen pass. Yeah. Like, you're not dialing up a ton of screen passes in, in a situational football like that. I mean, and we're going to that screen pass later. There's, yeah, we there's more on that, too. We'll get yeah, there later. Yeah. But, I mean, you, you look at that, and you're saying, okay, well, we don't want to leave too much time on the clock. I get the logic. I understand the logic. Then the play calling that occurs because of that, the way that Mahomes was clearly eating the ball because they wanted the clock to just run. They were playing for a tie. Like, it ended up playing for yeah. a tie. Okay, it now hold on. You don't want to leave Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals offense time to go score after you take the lead with the touchdown, correct? correct. That's the thought process. But you're going to play for a You'd tie, so you're, you're, you're playing for a coin toss? Yeah. Their thought, they didn't trust their defense to stop the Bengals Correct. from getting a field goal in 40 seconds, so they're clearly only playing for a coin toss then, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. If you, don't, if you don't trust your defense to stop Joe Burrow in 40 seconds, you're not going to trust them to stop him in overtime. Oh, so man. they legitimately only played for a coin toss. Yeah, they really did. And now, now, here's the thing. You punch in a touchdown. Line up. You run the ball. You punch in for a touchdown. Maybe you get it on second down. Maybe, ideally, you get it on third down. I mean, oh. the second level of the Cincinnati Bengals defense was in let them score mode. They right. were. Oh, that they first down run? They absolutely were. Yeah, and the first well, down, you had to run it. You have to run it to get the mm-hmm. Bengals' last timeout out, which was perfect. Then you're facing second down, and I get wanting to trust Patrick Mahomes there because that's your guy, but I tell you guys what, I had zero confidence in him at that yeah. point in time. This is the first time I've ever watched him and had absolutely zero confidence sure. he was going to pull this playoff. I get it. You have to trust him. He's your franchise, but mm-hmm. you can just run a play. Get, the one time I've ever wanted an Andy Reid red zone play was that second. I'm like, give me the shovel pass. Give me the jet sweep. Yeah. This is the one time I want to see Andy Reid try to get cute because worst case scenario, you pick up one to two yards. You're closer to the goal line. Clock is you bled running. the clock. Mm-hmm. You don't have to take a five-yard sack because Mahomes has to chokes and doesn't know what to do with the football. Correct. You pick up two yards. That's a seven-yard swing. Mm-hmm. If you just run an Andy play or run the football, I don't understand at all what they did on second down, Third down was just as bad. And I mean, third, talk about third down. Let's talk about what Patrick Mahomes did on third down. I mean, what didn't he do? He tried everything under the sun. Like he was rolling all over the place. I think that was another play that they dropped eight. He had no answer for what was happening. He tried to get open. Late late entry into into the rush that I think maybe pulled his eyes, pulled his confidence away from trying to fire to a guy like Byron Pringle. Yeah. You know, he does the, you know, he does the, the Mahomes escape route. He does the drill that he does with Bobby Stroop that we see all the time where he's kind of changing those directions. It is a skill that has worked numerous times in the playoffs. But there was no plan. He had no plan though. He was scrambling with zero plan. He wasn't scrambling to throw. He was just panic scrambling. That's the issue. I've and he never, fumbled. Yeah, I've never seen him panic. Earlier in the game, it was him versus Sam Hubbard on a race to get three yards to the sideline, he didn't take it. Yep. Any other time this year, he's making that run to the sideline. And if he's, if he's not going to win, one, he's going to win the edge and he's going to reach out and get the first down like he's done every other time. Yeah. But instead of doing that, he's going to run to the sideline. He's going to pull that little drop step he does yeah. right before he gets mm-hmm. there and he gets that first down. He didn't even consider it. He spun back around, got sacked. He did that again. He was just scrambling around with zero intent. That was my problem. Well, everything after that that end of game or end of half situation it was bad. It was it was bad. It was bad. I mean, there really wasn't anything to write home about. I mean, here's you go. You, you have that situation at the end of the half. 
And then the next the next series, the first series out, two drops from the two best players on the team, yep. uh, skill skill players on the team, and then everything else is just. Mahomes trying to do too much. Mahomes not throwing with his chest like you talk about all the time. If he's throwing with his chest, he hits Kelsey for a game-winning touchdown. Yeah. We looked, I mean, we've seen it. Like The window's not wide open, but it's not a it's super tight enough. window. He's, he's thrown it to tight. That's windows. open enough for Jimmy Garoppolo to hit. Okay, mm-hmm. like that's not that's open for any NFL quarterback to hit, and he had zero confidence in trying to put that ball in there. And like that's what I mean. You, Andy Reid needed to take some of the pressure off a second down and do something that was Andy Reidy because Mahomes just did not have it. That's, a, again, a failure. Yes, Patrick Mahomes choked and did not play well in the second half. We can say it. We don't have to just be complete homers about it, but that's a failure on the coaching staff to keep pushing him out there and making him do it when he just clearly didn't have it for that half of football. Yeah, and I mean, the Bengals focused on taking away Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, and they said, we're going to make all these other guys try to beat us. We're going to drop eight. And, And the Chiefs had no answer for it, and there was an answer sitting right there, running the football a little bit more. I mean, the successful clip, you know, really quick before we kind of move on to some of this other stuff. It's so weird to 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 compare. We praised the Chiefs last week for the situational football. Yeah, we talk a lot about it. Flawless execution, a little bit of, you know, freelancing by Mahomes and Kelsey, logical kind of adjustments. And it's weird to it's weird to contrast what we saw last week with. What happened, you know, yesterday? And I don't know what to make of it entirely because I'm not trying to be too in the moment and too reactionary to to everything. But at the same, like it just—that's what I mean. The second half didn't make sense. Yeah, I I still don't believe in the Bengals. <laughs> I don't think they're that good of a football team. I think they pulled some games out. I think they played with a lot of toughness. I think you know, and you got to give him some credit for that. Sure. But Eric Bieniemy said it. He, they said it in. The, he said it in his press conferences this week. Games are lost more than they're won, and that felt a lot more like the Chiefs lost it than the Bengals won it. Yeah. And it's just, it's. I'm so, I'm just confounded by it. It's but the Andy Reid experience. It though. really is, though. Like it, we talk like we think about how prepared this team is, and I, I, I think that they are. I, I really do. Largely, it just seems like something in that in something about how this thing is structured something about organizationally there are moments that the chiefs just the, and it's not just when the eagles it's the same kind of thing this they kind of well they kind of just they they collapse and i i it's frustrating and it doesn't make sense cuz it's not what we are accustomed to with this team right right i we're not we're not accustomed to it at all just like Kansas City's not accustomed to a McAdoodles. <laughs> it's coming. Summer of this year, you are getting a McAdoodles liquor store in Lee's Summit, Missouri. It is the best thing that could possibly come to Lee's Summit, Missouri this summer. You've got the best selection, you've got the best prices, and you've got elite customer service. You've got the first half of the Chiefs game yesterday, that level of customer service. That's how great they are. So we need more of them in Kansas City. You know, you, you got to spread those things all over the place. That way everybody has access to them. That way everybody doesn't have to drive to Lee's Summit. Like it's going to get crowded in there when it gets in there. So we need more of them open. So if you are a franchisee, get a hold of Roger. Info at MacDoodles.com. They'll start populating those things all over the place. Nice, reliable, 
liquor store. That's exactly what Kansas City needs right now. So should we move on to defense? Or does anybody got a little more offensive stuff specifically about the game? I, yeah. We I, got offensive stuff for moving forward, which we'll get to, but no, about like, the game? I have a, yeah, I think just talking through this, you know, we all hope to be therapeutic. I think when I look at the context of this football game, things don't really start hurting as bad until I start thinking about some of the big picture stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think it's kind of like last year too. It's, you know, last year it was the legacy, the Mahomes legacy, because it was an opportunity to, to have the torch passed to him, you know, by Tom Brady. It was, you know, you know, one of those opportunities. And I think what I'm feeling now, and like, honestly, it, like, this is as bad as I'm like having this conversation with you is making it as bad as I've felt. Welcome to breakfast. I know. Well, it's, it's worse. <laughs> I, it's, it's even like there's levels to this. It's especially because I, I just feel like, you know, this team completely gave this game away to an inferior football team that had no business winning that game. Um, but I think when I kind of just start feeling it from a from a big picture perspective and guys like it's not easy to do what the Chiefs have done. And I think this game is probably a, a prime example of that. It's hard to be as consistent as this team has done. It's hard to play the amount of football that that, that this team has. Yeah. When I think about just how golden of an opportunity, if you were going to draw up an opportunity for Patrick Mahomes to pad his Super Bowl stat a little bit better, for for him to bring up, you know, to bring a Super Bowl into Kansas City, you're saying, you know what, uh, one of the. I, probably the third best team over the over the course of the season in the NFC. And you have, I don't know, the fourth best team in the AFC to get the like that the the path to the, to this Super Bowl was great. And this is a big opportunity because yeah, you could get to you could get to the Super Bowl, but it could be a bigger challenge when you get there. I'm not trying to discredit the Rams either, but I think that they are more flawed than some of the teams that are probably going to get to the Super Bowl over the next 5 years. And so I just think about that and we probably, we take, I, we're taking everything for granted Yeah, in Kansas city. <laughs> we are. It's I mean, hard to make super bowls. It's It's hard to do what the chiefs are doing. Yeah. And even though, even though we um, appreciate what we have, and I don't think we are taking it entirely for granted. Don't get me wrong. I think we just, there's so much success happening and it's becoming just so common for, I mean, it's the, the Arrowhead Invitational the last four years in the, mm-hmm. in the AFC. And I don't really foresee that changing all that much because I think this is a, this is an opportunity for this team to come back with a different kind of, we'll get there. But it's, that's, this, that's the kind of pain. I'm just feeling a lot of pain right now more than, more than I thought I would. And it's hitting me. This conversation is making things just way worse. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's talk about the defense. Yeah, because <laughs> defense I mean, was good. The, the defense was good, and like I don't have I mean, the same level of pain as Kent does about <laughs> this. I'm more frustrated about the X's and O's, the nerdy stuff, and how we got to that point, which we kind of covered. Big picture stuff. The, the big thing, the only thing that sticks to me there, it's going to be really hard at the end of this, and like it doesn't matter. But when you're going to start talking about quarterback legacies, you're going to start talking about where Patrick Mahomes, the end of his career, stacks up in greatness. This game is going to stick out to everybody because yeah. that half of football. Is I, I think people are gonna remember it. That Doesn't was, make sense. That's people are gonna remember that. And like when you start doing greatness stuff later, I don't think it matters. But that's something that's gonna come back up. It's like I, that part's not fun. But outside of that, like I, the big picture stuff, it's hard. I know it's hard. I I am more interested in how you go about fixing it and why they got there. Yeah. So like I think we do need to touch though on the defense yeah. before we start looking on how you fix it going forward. Yeah. I mean, it, it's unfortunate because this is probably the side of the ball that they're losing. The most guys yeah. from uh, you yeah. know, uh, in, in this offseason. Yeah. So this, you know, this may potentially be the last games in Chiefs jerseys, not including the Pro Bowl here. Last games in Chiefs jerseys <laughs> for Anthony Hitchens, for Frank Clark, for Tyron Matthew, for Charvarius Ward. Yeah, and then Derek you know, Naughty, Derek Jaren Naughty, Reed. Jaren Reed, Mel- Melvin Ingram, if oh. they don't get something done. Ben like, Neiman. That happens. <laughs> right. Ben Neiman. Dan Dorian O'Daniel. Dorian, I mean, Armani Watts. <laughs> Armani like, Watts. Guys that have played, though. I mean, like, like there's a lot of turnover. There's, there's a, lot a lot of guys on that turnover. list. It's Man, not, all that and no mention of Alex Okafor. Alex, Alex Okafor. Who was great. Who was great, great against game. the run. I mean, you know, and so did Mike Dana, by the way. But anyway, <laughs> it's, uh, it's unfortunate that it, you know, most of the – successes failures that we you know think of with patrick mahomes high scoring affairs defense maybe not contributing as much as you know in some other facets and things like that this was one where the defense largely did their job even late in the game there the Bengals, it was it was pulling teeth for them to get stuff done it was joe burrow evading sacks it was you know having to really make some really tough catches and things like that so for the number of guys the turnover that is likely happening on this defense, the number of guys that they're losing, it's just unfortunate that a performance like that is not going to be rewarded. They did enough. Absolutely. They, they, did, they enough. did more than enough. Yeah. Yeah. I, you think about this. Ken said it earlier. The Bengals had one true touchdown drive, and I don't even know. like It was a touchdown drive. Like They drove the length of the field and they scored, but they capped it off on a 40-yard screen pass. Yeah. They went for a touchdown. But you got to go back and look. They ran four screen passes before that and gained zero mm-hmm. yards on their previous four screen passes. I get why the Chiefs wouldn't anticipate another one was coming. Yeah. They were locking those screen passes up. They were all over it. Now, I think the Bengals made a really smart adjustment. They got a little bit more success out of their screen pass in the second half. What'd they do? They started releasing 
one offensive lineman out on the screen, not two, not three. It was one guy. And it was the same guy on at least two successful screens. One of which was a touchdown right guard working against Chris Jones. Mm -hmm. That was the only guy that got out early on the screen because Chris Jones is just not the kind of guy that normally is going to not, you know, see red when he sees a quarterback goes red. He's getting that quarterback and it's not a bad thing. That's no, how he's the it's, most. It's, it's arguably his best attribute. Exactly. That's yeah. why he's so good at what he does. Mm -hmm. But if you're going to call a screenplay, if you can pull the one guy that should be retracing his steps because he's the only guy getting the cue that it's a screen pass. If you can pull him out of the way, no one's there. There's no longer Melvin Ingram. There's no longer Frank Clark. There's no longer Jaron Reed, who was great against the screen mm -hmm. game, there to go back and take it away. They started dialing up some screens to take advantage of Chris Jones beating up on the right guard and taking advantage of his aggression, but that was their only touchdown drive. They had to do all that just to score their only long touchdown of the drive of the game. Yeah. The defense, huh. besides that, they gave up 24 points. The Bengals were living in a perpetual state of third and five. Yeah. And we talked about this. Like, they're early. The Chiefs early on defense was good. Yeah. It was really good. It and, was. you know, you're putting them in these, these third and five, third and six situations. And, yeah, they're converting a lot of them. But you're kind of hoping over the course of time things were going to even out. Because it, it, was a bit, it was getting 50-50. It was starting like, it to really balance was. out a little yeah, it was bit balancing more. out. Yeah. But, I mean, early on, you know, and, the, and, I mean, the Bengals had to get into their bag on third down. They had, to, they had to really burn a lot of third down plays because the Chiefs were forcing a lot of them. Yeah. And so – um, yeah, I don't think you can be mad at the defense. I think that you, you shouldn't be mad at the defense. Like, that had nothing to do. That game had nothing to do with the defense. Well, and here's the, the pushback I get back to saying that. So you guys can go on this. They had Joe Burrow wrapped up five times and couldn't bring him down. Yeah. That's the, the anytime I say, you know, it wasn't the defense. That's the first thing that comes to yeah. mind is Chris Jones missing a couple sacks. Some other guys not getting like, they couldn't bring Joe Burrow down despite him getting sacked 800 times last week. Like that's the only area you can kind of put it on the defense maybe, but like you could still, that had such an impact on the game without getting the sacks. I don't know. I don't know how you blend the defense. With they, it. it was weird. Like it's like the tackle tech this week, the chiefs were coming in high. Yeah. And it wasn't just with Joey B. I, no, it, it seemed everybody. like they were coming in high with Jamar Chase too. I don't under I don't know if there was if there was a a methodology to that because it did seem like there was a little bit more intentionality to tackle above yeah. the waist. I, I think about some of the plays, like uh, largely a lot of the plays that I thought some of these guys were able to slip out of it was because of where they're tackling mm -hmm. the, the the landmarks that these guys were trying to hit on the body. I don't know if this was intentional or not. I have no clue. But like that's I mean I don't know. It, it was it was weird. Yeah. So let's transition to offseason now. Please. I mean, let's – because we're talking about it. We're talking about all those guys that are going to be gone. you got decisions to make on a lot of guys. Our guy, BJ Kissel, he tweets at Tyron, you know, basically <laughs> tweets out today, you know, talking about how much he appreciates everything he's brought to Kansas City. Lots of people did today. And, you know, arguably one of the greatest free agent signings in Chiefs history at – Maybe. I mean, maybe. I mean, I mean, he is it's change agent. Absolutely. On a team that overhauled their defense. What overhauling your defense? Oh, you don't, you can't do it in one season. You, it it doesn't did. happen like that. They, and then they, they won a Super Bowl with it. Change yeah, agent. They really did. Yeah. I mean, he kind of responds back to BJ with, you know, love and appreciation and all that. And there's some finality to Oof. it, you know, basically alluding to the fact that he might be leaving. And, and Add add the emotional you know, the emotional press conference Correct. at the end the Correct. tears absolutely man you know and who knows what's really going to happen from that yeah. but that brings about the bigger question we talked about it yesterday that Spags and Tyron Matthew are a package deal now why do we think they're a package deal I don't know if we've explained that so okay. why do you think they're a package deal? because because Tyron Matthew makes Spags 
right in his coverage calls. Spags puts him in the positions to where he can be the impact player, where he can be this chess piece that, you know, that offenses have to completely avoid the middle of the field because Tyron Matthew was lurking there. Tyron Matthew was such an impactful player that even though he's not posting the stats this year, it's because teams don't want to throw at him. They just don't. He's they gotten, don't. Teams he, don't. He's gotten significantly less targets when these teams have dropped back than, you know, than prior years so there's a reason why you're not seeing some of the gaudy statistics that you have seen in the past because teams are avoiding him and he, he said so as much on twitter today too but and we I have mean, to remember steve spagnol handpicked him hand-picked. he went to he went to Vavich mm-hmm. went to him said who do you want he handpicked tyron matthew said i have to have this guy and it worked so yeah. like i mean this that's why we see them as a package correct so correct that's why we see you know if you're gonna lose tyron matthew I don't know how happy that's going to make Steve Spagnuolo. And I'm not saying that he won't get over it. It's the professional job. He's a professional. Sure. If he, you know, he can get over it and he would, but you got to make this, if you're going to let him run the entire defense without too much input from, you know, other guys around, he's got to kind of have his guys. That whole defense are his guys. And that starts with Tyron Matthew. If he's it's going- also Anthony Hitchens. It's also Frank Clark. It's also like these, these are the guys that he wanted. They, they, you know, he, he values them so significantly and now you're talking about the three guys that you're you're talking about losing on this defense and two of those are probably to, to relate to re- cuts yeah i mean and that they, they've got for, they for got to reasons. move on from guys yeah. Yeah. they can't afford hitchens the cost benefit of anthony hitchens and frank and clark isn't two, there they've got two young linebackers behind him so i mean yeah. it makes sense to move on from that clark's a little different they don't necessarily have a young guy behind him but also his contract is very large and it's, it's a big. business and it's a business but they don't have a choice i mean that brings about the question is steve spagnolo coming back is it a retirement thing does he decide listen that was that was a good run i really enjoyed my time in kansas city got myself another ring like is this the time and with the kind of defensive coordinators that are out there on the market right now vic fangio's sitting there I and mean, brian flores doesn't have a job right now there's there's guys out there that would easily fit in in Kansas City, especially if you're having to make some tough roster decisions. You're having to replace some of the leaders on your team, some of the impact players on your team. Is it that we talked about a little bit yesterday, but is it the time? And that's it, though. Oh, go ahead. You I, in there. And, I, and I think it's really important because we just had this conversation talking about you know, this wasn't the defense's fault that the Chiefs are their season's over. And mm-hmm. this, it's, you know, but there's a difference because of all the things we've kind of talked about. This team, this is an aging core. This is an older group on the defensive side of the football. I think the cost has out the, the, the cost has not outweighed the performance in some of the areas that the Chiefs have invested in. Yeah. You're making big changes already to that side of the football. If it's time, this the timing in in and the aging and some of that stuff are the things that are are worth taking into consideration more than just Steve Spagnolo. You know, it, it, it's not creating a scapegoat necessarily no. for what we just saw. No. So any conversations that we're having about this have, really has nothing to do with what happened this year. It's just the timing of this football team. Yeah. They've tried to, quote unquote, run it back essentially three years. Mm-hmm. They haven't made any big adjustments or big additions since the 2019 team. It's really mm-hmm. been sub- subtractions. They're yeah. worse at wide receiver. They're, you know, they, they've, they've really relied on draft picks largely for this yeah. team's improvements or midseason signings and mid- attempts there. This team really hasn't changed their core outside of draft picks. Yeah. Uh, from that team but 
now it's it's I think that's the, the conversation should be is it time to 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 kind of hit a mini reset and and really a big piece of that reset is that defensive side of the football. We're talking about moving on from a three-time Super Bowl winning Listen, defensive coordinator I, who has won a Super Bowl, lost a Super Bowl without giving up that many points, lost an AFC championship game because the offense couldn't score more than a field goal in a half of football. We're talking on moving away from that guy well, after what's happened. I'm talking about him tiring, to be clear. I, I just, love Steve Spagnuolo. I we all love Steve yeah. Spagnuolo. I'm, I'm saying, I just want to drive it home because I think a lot of Chiefs fans are very reactionary because they don't, oh, yes. they don't, mm -hmm. under, they don't fully understand why Steve Spagnuolo calls some of the stuff he does because there's a lot there. I'm not saying I understand it all either, but I've taken enough step back to understand there's a lot of different technical stuff that goes into his defense. There's a lot of moving parts. It's a lot of reliance on guys being on the same page. Yeah. I understand how that's very frustrating to watch a guy that you don't think is as talented to go out there and run, you know, not look great on one play, but not but miss the 10 plays where he does the perfectly right thing in this complex scheme. Yeah. So I love Steve Spagnuolo. I get why people want to move on from him. But on the flip side, he's a three-time Super Bowl winner. He has three Super Bowl rings, largely based on what his defense is, is did during those runs. He has been to back-to-back -back, or two Super Bowls, another AFC Championship game. The defenses have performed well in them, and we're trying to move on from that guy. I'm not trying to, but we're talking about moving on from that guy. I want to set the stage there because you guys alluded to it. Here's why. If you keep Steve Spagnuolo, his defense is very specific to a style of player that mm -hmm. does not cross over to multiple schemes. It's not very, I don't think it's a very modern defense from a player person yeah. from a personnel standpoint. I agree. Yeah, no, that's fair. It's yeah. a very old school throwback guy. You're getting bigger, stronger guys that don't like to be run against. That's the entire you know concept of his defense. And then you make up for some other stuff with the blitzes or getting a star along the defensive line. If you keep him, you have to pay guys to come in and play. You have to pay them for multiple years. You have to pay them a lot of money. You're essentially saying, we're going to keep you for another two, three years to make another run out of this. Yeah. I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying, if you're not 100% in, if the Chiefs are not 100% in, if Steve Spagnuolo is not 100% in. Steve Spagnuolo is not young, by the way. Oh, like no. the, re the word retirement makes a lot of sense for a lot of reasons because he's an older coach too, by the way. So you're this going all in. This is the, yeah, then that's what I mean. You have to go all in for multiple years. This is the year you have to do it. You have to do it this offseason if you're going to move on because you have to get different players. You have to, you essentially have to retool. You have to rebuild this entire defense again for the second time in three years. So if you're going to do that, you got to decide if you're doing it with Spagnolo or somebody else. Yeah. And, that, yeah. And, and, and again, like I think that's important. We're trying to create the context of this conversation. It's yeah. not necessarily a reaction to what happened. It's a big like, – there's too many big picture conversations that, that need to be had about this football team. And this is one of the biggest years in the Patrick Mahomes era because mm -hmm. you like it or not, you, there's there's gotta be there's gotta be a swell of youth that hits this football team. You've gotta, I mean, th and that, they gotta play. And they gotta play. That that last draft was crucial. Mm -hmm. This last draft that the Chiefs hit on some players was crucial to this team being able to sustain sustain success um and getting value like Trey Smith and you know yeah. the Chiefs the, like the, the the offensive line depending on what you do with Orlando Brown like they've done a lot to fortify that group you know yeah. they've built that yeah. interior that interior is going to be locked for the next four more you know four three years after this pieces. one there's, there's good, good pieces. pieces you know the, the addition of Nick Bolton helps you move on from Anthony Hitchens mm -hmm. like we talked about it this offseason or you know this the preseason the 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 logic on Bolton 
is he's the the Hitchens replacement. Yeah. Like long term, that's the look for him. And it, it, it very obviously appears that he is going oh, to yeah. be able to do that. He looks up to the task. He looks up to the task. Um, so you've got to, you, you, but you've got to, you know, you've got to start hitting on your draft picks. You've got to start making decisions on the next core. I, we, Travis Kelsey makes you forget that he's a, a, a tight end in his mid-30s who's had, you know, who's worked through a lot of injury issues over the course of his career. You said, you said it earlier, he looked gassed. Like the Not wheel- just one game, every game. Yeah, every game in the second half, he looks yes, yes. So, like, big pick. You've got to have these big picture conversations, and you've got to think long-term. And obviously, the Chiefs are doing that, and they've yeah, got to they plan are. for how they plan on building it. But I think these are the things that you've got to take into consideration. You've got to start looking at from a long-term perspective. And it's fascinating. This is going to be a big year. It is. It is. Uh, anything else you want to get to before we wrap up? We've, we've kept the people. Yeah, no, I, I, I think can't nail it. You got to start preparing. You got to, I understand hitting on draft picks. You got to, that free agent group, that first free agent group of Steve Spagnuolo, it's we're, over. It's yeah, done. Yeah. They got through it. They got a Super Bowl out of it. They got back to another. It was a success. It's time for another regrouping of free agents, though. Like, it's another free agent year where the Chiefs have money to spend. Mm-hmm. You have to hit on them again, probably better than you did that year, but you have to hit on them again, as well as the draft picks. You can't build a team only through the draft. This team needs some guys that can step in and play right now. Yep. This is the offseason. They're going to have the money. The Chiefs will have the money, especially if they make these moves we're talking about. This offseason, I know all Chiefs fans don't want to hear this. This offseason is going to be kind of fun, though, because oh, yeah. you have money to play with. Yeah. There's a lot of turnover that has to happen. Extra like, top 100 pick. Extra mm-hmm. top 100 pick. You have money that has to be spent. There's going yep. to be money that's out there. Guys have to come in and play. This is going to be an actual fun offseason for acquisitions. Now, it comes because they lost this game. Because, you know, it's kind of the end of a miniature era. But this is going to be a fun offseason as a Chiefs fan. Because there's going to be a lot of turnover. There's going to be a lot of high, you know, important guys coming in. Yeah. There's, there's going to be some hunger here. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, I, we talked a little bit about it. You know, the, this is an exhaustive process. Like, what these players go through physically, mentally, to be able to do what they do. And to, I mean, this team has played as much football as, damn, damn like, about any, yeah. about any, you know, team ever. You know, like this kind of maybe those Patriots teams. Yeah, there's not very many teams that have been through the kind of team, like the time, the kind of you know attrition and 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 games that this this group has been through. And they're tired. I think the core is tired. I think there's a just there's there's a different level. They they need some new faces. They need some new kind of hunger um, to kind of go with this core. And hopefully, you know, juice squeeze on some of these players. Like you know, you've got to you've got to. I, you, you, we can have that conversation maybe we this offseason. Yeah, we're, we're going to have plenty of conversations about free agents. For, trust me. No, nope, it's all going to be right now. We can't do it later. It's got to be right now. <laughs> we, we're, we're here. We're covering the draft. Like, all that's coming. It's going to be good. We're going to have it for you. And we're going to be, trust me, we're going to be diving deep into free agent classes, drafts, team needs. And coordinators. As things shift. We're already starting. As things shift, we'll be here for you. So hit the subscribe. Hit that subscription. Yeah, I, I KCSN is going to be a fantastic resource for all your offseason needs when it comes to free agency, draft, some stuff coming there too. Cannot wait to get started. We already are getting started, getting the work done here in Vegas. Uh, we look forward to talking to you throughout the offseason. Keep your head up, Chiefs fans. We'll catch you later. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. 
If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.